so many people come to these shows that don't usually come to church. They wouldn't say they're Jesus followers. And so it's a really incredible time to like speak truth into people's lives. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Loop Community Podcast. My name is Derek. We have an awesome interview for you today. Matt, our founder, sits down with Phil Wickham. He's released songs like This Is Amazing Grace, Living Hope. I'm sure you've heard of him. If not, check him out. He's also a track rig user. Throw that out there. They're also going to talk about how to lead worship when you don't feel like it. It can often be hard to lead worship every single week and coordinate volunteers, make your set lists, and sometimes I'm sure you just don't feel like it. So they're going to address that, and they're going to talk about Phil's new Christmas album called Christmas, which has a lot of great songs for leading worship in your church. So if you have not checked that out, make sure to check out the album on Spotify and Apple Music, and also you can get all of the master tracks on loopcommunity.com. So let's dive into the interview. Here's Phil Wickham. Phil, what's up, man? Good to see you. Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me on. Good to see you, too. Do you have any favorite Christmas traditions as we're coming up close to Christmas time? Um, I mean, I remember growing up, such a church kid, answer, pastor kid, but I remember Christmas Eve having to be at my church from like 11 a.m. to like 10 p.m., you know, because my parents were the worship leaders. And they would do like three or four services, and um, which you'd think a kid would hate that. But there was just so much cake and pizza yeah. backstage yeah. and everybody hanging. And like we'd like bring gifts for each other. It was just such a good time. So growing up, that's like some of my fondest memories are like green room, church, hanging out, yeah. friends coming in and out. But now, you know, I'm, I'm eight years into having kids. I've got four kids, eight, six, four, and two-year-olds. Um, wow. And, and so we're just like in that place of like, trying to figure out like what are our traditions you yeah. know and I, it's so simple but the thing we've done the last five or six years is our neighborhood gets really into christmas decorating you know and lights and all that and so after dinner you know my kids get all like in their cozy pjs and stuff and then we uh we hop in the car and um and it's this isn't necessarily the most i mean we go like slower than a golf cart but they all cuts <laughs> kind of sit in the front seats you know yeah right and i, I go about two miles an hour and we just go from one house and stop and go to the next house and stop yeah and it's like it might as well be disneyland for how pumped they are dude that's awesome you know it's funny because i grew up in san diego too and you're in southern california and my favorite tradition too growing up was doing that as well like going and looking at christmas lights with my family in the car we go really slow drink hot chocolate but you know what's funny is like out here in the Midwest, it seems like no one does that. Like no one hangs up lights. I went out looking last year for like a big light display or like a neighborhood that does that. And it's pretty rare. That's interesting. I would imagine the opposite. I know. At least the neighborhoods I've grown up in and the neighborhoods I live in, it's like, it, I mean, it's, I wouldn't say it's over. The, it's not like Griswold Christmas, you know, yeah, it's not like right. over the top crazy. <laughs> a couple of them are. But, you yeah, know, right. people put up lights and. There's a, I, I guess it's probably just because there's a lot of kids in my neighborhood. And so all the parents want to put up like little Mickey Mouse popping out of a igloo and stuff, you know, yeah, which totally. is just the, the coolest thing my kids could see, you know, at seven o'clock at night. So as you know, as we're getting close to Christmas season, I know you're gearing up for a Christmas tour with the Shanes, Shane and Shane again, which is awesome. And you just released a Christmas album called Christmas. Yep. And you've done a Christmas one before. What is it about Christmas music that you like? Uh, man, what, what is it that you don't like about Christmas? No, there's just so many fond memories. I, I'm so thankful to have had a really healthy family, you know? Yeah. And uh, growing up, like my parents are still together. Jesus was, was always worshipped in my house growing up. I never saw like hypocritical Christians in my parents, you know? 
And so not that we were perfect by any means, but like really, I think it's healthy as you can get as, as far as just, you know, with sinful humans trying to be a family. And, uh, and so, so Christmas time was always just like really special, beautiful time, you know? And then the soundtrack to that time were these songs. And so I think just automatically, especially versions of songs, like we listened to like Nat King Cole's Christmas growing up. And so I just know like when I'm putting up the tree now with my kids and Nat yeah. singing, it's just like, yeah, it's like, it's almost like this moment. And I'm seeing my kids put stuff on the tree. It's like, I almost want to like cry a little bit. Like what we remember a lot on this Christmas tour, because I've done this, these like six or seven night Christmas tours with the Shanes for like 10 years in a row. And it's really an excuse just to hang out. But also it's an amazing time for so many people come to these shows that don't usually come to church. They wouldn't say they're Jesus followers. And so it's a really incredible time to like speak truth into people's lives. And, yeah. and also trying to walk into those moments like, hey, like, this is not necessarily a time of year that's filled with great memories for everybody. You know, this this is this could be a really painful time of year for a lot of people. And and so that like it's interesting how these songs can have such weighty feelings with them, you know, and this vibe. And some people hate Christmas music and that's attached to like maybe <laughs> bad Christmases in the past. But yeah, so right. that's a long answer to say that I guess because I love I love Christmas time because of the memories. And I'm also when I just take a moment like you know some years i've let it pass me by but when i take a moment to sit and just let my heart start to wonder at the story of it mm -hmm. um it's pretty ridiculous in the best i mean it's amazing right like god entering into time entering into humanity so humbly as like a baby in a barn you know what i mean yeah and right just to sympathize with us and to meet us where we're at to breathe our air and to walk on our grass and and then this incredible story that honestly, if we really started talking about, we'd both probably be like be tearing up, remembering the goodness of God and the person of Jesus, you know? And and so, and, and Christmas celebrates that moment of when it, all history changed and these right. Christmas songs do. So it's a long answer, but. Yeah, no, it is pretty amazing too, to think that like, it is such a unique opportunity to reach people who would never, like you mentioned this, that would never ever come to church. And then like be singing songs that are like packed full of like theological richness and like and beauty and wonder which i think whether you're a believer or not like everybody is always interested in in beauty and wonder and like the story and it's pretty amazing to think about how you can reach so many people through the christmas season is there a song that you love singing the most I think it changes from year to year, but doing this Christmas record, which was interesting, doing it right in the middle of summer in San Diego, we tried to make it feel as Christmassy <laughs> as possible in the studio. Yeah. Um, but Hark the Herald Angels Sing, that's a song, it's like, I could just let it pass me by. I know the melody, I know the first line, I don't really know any other lyrics. I just, yeah. know, it, I just know how it goes, you know? And, and but then when, when you're in the studio forced to like dig into every line and you're singing the song 20 times to get the vocal right and all that you know yeah um you start to start to dig into these lyrics and, and it, that song is so beautiful i mean when you when you really like take line by line i mean it's it, it blew me away um joyful all you nations ride join the triumph of the skies with angelic hosts proclaim that christ is born <clears throat> and then Late in time, behold him come, offspring of the virgin one. Verses two starts and verse three. It's just beautiful, um, yeah, beautiful language. So I think that's my favorite. That is an epic song. It's interesting because I know worship leaders, you know, like worship leaders who are on staff at a church, December looks very different than like the other 11 months. And it looks stressful. Often. Yeah, stressful <laughs> planning for like 
Christmas services. And you and I both know that too, as being like pastor's kids, like just that season can be stressful. Like, what would you say are like the biggest differences between leading worship during Christmas time versus leading worship the rest of the year? You know, other than the songs being different. I mean, honestly, if I was to answer just kind of bluntly, as far as leading worship, there's nothing different in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as far as the the atmosphere and where people's minds are at, maybe, maybe it is different in some ways because where my heart's coming from and where I want to bring people to, like nothing, obviously nothing of that changes. But I guess, you know, just thinking, thinking as I'm talking right now, we were talking a little bit about how Christmas is such a unique time to speak into people's lives. You know, there's people that are coming to church that don't usually come to church that are going to be sitting in those pews. There's people whose brains are in different places than they usually be, right. um, whose, mind, whose minds are in different spots. And like, it's either up to us as like the leaders and the servers to kind of like be like, okay, like everybody's busy and crazy. You know, and you can kind of criticize your, your church or you could like kind of capitalize on it. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, like there's a special time of year. Um, some people are going through extra pain, remembering loss or bad memories. Some people are going through joy. Some people are stressed out. Some people have financial problems. Some people can't wait till Christmas Day. But like, there's a unique time of year that we're all kind of going through the season. And how can we like use that to our advantage to, to be a moment where it shocks people's usual kind of mindset from like where they're at um, yeah. horizontally to be like, oh yeah, this is amazing, you know? And I think that that's like, I mean, that's kind of the goal every time for me, you know, going from place to place, church to church and different conferences, different tours. It's like, okay, what's unique about this night? Like, I know how I'm going to sing the songs. I know where I want to get to. I know I want the presence of God here and to lift up the name of Jesus and for people to encounter the truth of that, the presence of that and be changed. But like, what's unique about this moment? You know, and that, that's a question me and my band and my crew ask all the time. Like, what's unique about today? What is God speaking to us today? Yeah. What is the world going through today? What is the city going through today? What is our church going through today? And so I guess maybe the singing stays the same, but then like, I think it's really important for worship leaders to to cultivate and to like to really create like a, a pastor's heart inside that's not a, as long as it's cool with your leadership and stuff like it's not just up there to perform some songs but like there's i think there's amazing moments that a worship leader can pa- capitalize on even if it's a couple right. sentences or a bible verse or a quick thought like in between songs like hey like yeah in, in the busyness of this time like i just i can't help but think of, of the stillness of that moment when a human for the first time in all of human history looked at the face of God and it was Mary holding this baby. And in that baby, there was like, there was incredible eternal potential for the world to be changed. And now we, this building has power in it. Our lives have power in it because that baby went to the cross for us. He was born, he was born to die for our sins. And so that's why we're, that's why we're here, man. Let's, let's take a moment. Hey, let's take a moment and pray and, and say, God, we, we thank you for sending you. You know, like you, you have yeah. that moment of like, you're connecting people to the spiritual implications of all, all that's going on. And yeah. And, and like that, that's what I'm trying to grow in as a leader and encouraging young and old pastors like, Hey, like go for it, dude. Like yeah. lead as a pastor who wants these people to see Jesus. Yeah, man. It is like a prime time to put on your pastoral hat. And like, you could even be teaching about, you know, about Advent or what, you know, the meaning behind the songs or where the songs were written. I can't help to think too about like the communal aspect of Christmas. Like Christmas brings people together. Like it's all about like family. And like, I'm trying to think through like, even like the songs that we sing, like I think of like the silent night moment that every church has, you know, where they like have the candle or like, you know, joy to the world, the Lord's come, let earth receive your king. Like we're talking about like, you know, like everyone joining together. Oh, come let us adore him. Like it's very all the Christmas songs feel very like communal. Like we're singing this together as a community, as a congregation. We're like maybe also throughout the year, 
a lot of worship songs are more like bring you more into like intimate moments where it's just like, you know, it maybe starts congregational, but then it's like more like me and God kind of thing. And it seems like a lot of Christmas songs are way more like congregational. Like it's us like singing together about these truths, which I think is something special about Christmas. Yeah. I've never thought of that before, but I think that's a beautiful observation. That's cool. Do you ever get tired of leading or worship or like ever just feeling like you just want to, you just feel burned out or giving up wanting to quit? And what, how do you even handle those feelings? Uh, there's definitely moments where all I want to do is just get on a plane and go back home, you know, be with my family. And, uh, you know, the schedule's gotten too crazy. And I could, I could picture that. I, I just even remember growing up and pastor's family, just remember Christmas season specifically being like just crazy, you know, especially for worship leader, like all the extra services and songs and singing them again. And man, I hate it. I hate getting in those funks, you know, but they're real. Um, but also I've found that like even 10 minutes, let alone like 10 days of changing a mindset, but even 10 minutes of just like doing a few things just in my heart and my mind, like totally it gives me a 180 in my spirit. And one of those things is like a spirit of thankfulness, of gratefulness, you know, like I, I think that praise Worship comes from a heart of gratitude, you know? And so if I just like get alone, you know, specifically if it was like Christmas coming up and I'm like, oh my goodness, like another year singing the same songs. But if I get alone, just be like, Father, thank you for sending your son. Thank you for humility. Thank you for seeing me as someone that you wanted to do life with and create a kingdom with and spread your word. Thank you for beauty around me. Thank you for, you know, you just start thanking him. I Like 10 minutes of that, like, it is such a, a priority life perspective change. Like it, it blows me away. It's almost like magical, you know, like just, mm-hmm. just speaking out thanks, you know, also like spending some time to get your heart back in a place of wonder at what you're singing about. And it takes time, you know, like I love this pastor. His name is John Mark Comer from Portland. And he just released a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And he, he speaks a lot on like cutting hurry out of your life as a follower of Jesus to, you know, figure out ways to implement, not religiously, like necessarily even a Sabbath day, but, you know, one of the Ten Commandments is like, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And like this idea that there needs to be times of reflection, of rest, of like sacrificing moving forward in your career and in your business or in your, in the stuff you have to do so that God can just, so that you can reflect on His goodness and what He's done and like, I think without that that kind of Sabbath mindset once in a while, we empty out, you know. Right. And so to sit back, to be thankful, and to eliminate enough hurry in your life every once in a while where you can actually sit and meditate and think on the goodness of God and who He is and, and Jesus and what He's called you to and what He's brought you through and all the things He saved you from and how, how He would say to you, Father, forgive Him. Father, forgive her. for they, they don't know what they're doing, you know, and He's an advocate for you and He's preparing a place for you in heaven there's a future and a hope and you're building his kingdom with him i mean it's just like you spend a day you sit down with a coffee by yourself and just sip it until it's done and spend that whole time thinking on the goodness of god like man that is like that is fuel for your spirit to like to then lead people to a place where they're in wonder you know and they're in awe and you could say hey you know come with me like sing this because of this and that like how good our god is and man for a leader to to lead from a place of authenticity and from a place like they've practiced being at you know is there's nothing more powerful than that as a worship Mm -hmm. leader wow man that's a good reminder because i know there's probably a ton of worship leaders who are just in the thick of it right now planning getting stressed out and that's just such a good 
that's a good practice. And really, you're right. It only takes like 10 minutes, like a cup of coffee and like yeah. just write out things you're thankful for. And it really does change your mindset. That's, that's awesome, man. That's a great tip. Yeah. I believe a two full for a healthy schedule is like, it's like the, the greatest tool of Satan in, in the 21st century. You know what I mean? Like for the modern believer, like in, in America, I mean, obviously there, there's like disgusting out front, like, wow, that's, that's horrible. This is sinful. But I think, I think because it's so subtle and it feels like we're doing a good thing so often, like when we're okay, we're getting stuff done and it's full and this and that and this and that. And, but I, I think because it's so subtle and it like disguises itself as productivity when really it's just, it's just pulling our heart further and further from like intimacy and, and a place of wonder with God, you know, does that make sense? Right. Oh yeah, totally. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm speaking that out because I'm, it's something I'm learning in my own life and I've been trying to implement here and there, like a little by little, like, like waking up, like, you know, what? I'm not going to first pick up my phone first thing when I wake up, I'm not going to pick it up till nine o'clock this morning. I'm going to be with my kids. I'm going to open my Bible. I'm going to tell my kids what I'm reading about. I'm going to be, pre- you know what I mean? Like, I've been, I've been having to be so intentional because I realized, wow, this is a problem in my life. Like yeah. letting, letting technology, letting schedule, letting busyness, letting stress get in the way of like spiritual growth and family and like being with present with my kids. And so I'm speaking it out because it's, it's like the biggest thing I'm learning right now. Yeah, and man. it's, it's like, and it's blowing me away. The abundant life that's coming from just being still a few extra moments every day. Wow. That's awesome. I'm sure there's a lot of worship leaders who can relate to that. If you were to have coffee with like a young worship leader, maybe who's just getting started, like a 16-year-old worship leader, what would you say is like the most important thing, like from your years of experience of leading worship, like what what would you say is like the most important thing about leading worship? Man, I don't, that's, that's a big question, you know? I think if I was talking to young Phil, you know, like little me, yeah, um, I think I, it would be two-sided, you know? One would be like, just like, learn and walk into every situation every song right every time you want to write songs for your church every time you want to get a set list together when you walk into a building when you're when you're you're talking with your leadership when you're on the stage like like remember that you are first and foremost if you say you're a worship leader you're you're not first an artist you're not first a musician you're not first a singer you're a you're a servant like you are there to serve the body of christ like god's given you like this amazing opportunity to pastor the heart of a group of people, whether it's like three people in a home fellowship or 3,000 in a mega church, you know? God has given you this responsibility of this 10 minutes, these 30 minutes, these 45 minutes, however long your worship set is, to lead them into a deeper place of intimacy and a higher place of praise, you know? And, and like, that's like, that's like a precious thing that God is entrusting with you and, and entrusting to you. Like that God, God is giving you time and, and giving you the skills to be in front of His bride and His people to bring Him closer to Him through music. I mean, it's like amazing, you know? And so, so you're getting on that stage not to impress, not to be cool, not to try to emulate your favorite other artists, but you're getting on that stage to like say, okay, how Lord fill me with love and a servant's heart and humility as I, as I bring the set together and as I lead and as I bring scriptures, as I speak out scriptures in between songs and as I write songs for my congregation, Lord, I pray you squash my ego till it doesn't exist and that your ambition become my ambition, your vision for this place become my vision and that people would see you. You know, it's just, it's like asking God, pleading with him to give you a heart of a servant and to squash your ego in those things, you know, even if that means like your own like artistic preferences or how you'd wish the band would sound or the kind of songs you want to do even if those have to take a back seat to like but you know what 
Like, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to take it all the way there where I want to go. Cause I know that maybe it'll go over some people's heads in the congregation, or we still need to kind of play some of these older songs so that we can be kind of more unified as a church or whatever that is a servant's heart. And then also, secondly, it's like coupled with that humility. There's also this, this sense of like, I remember having it as a young guy is like, man, well, I'm, I don't have a record out yet, or I haven't wrote, written songs yet, or I'm not even 20 years old yet. Like, how am I supposed to lead, you know, with authority or how with confidence or like, no one really wants me to say like, come on, let's sing it out because, you know, they're going to roll their eyes. And I'm like this teenage kid or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I would speak into all you young worshipers out there is like, God, if, if you have an opportunity to lead and you have the skills to do it, like God has called you into that. Don't question if he's called you into it or not. I'm not saying he's called you into it for your whole life. But for that moment, if your church needs a worship leader or if your youth group needs a worship leader and there's no one else to do it, but you can do it and you have a heart to do it, God is calling you into it. And if he's calling you into it, he's supplying everything you need to accomplish it, not just not just to survive it, but to own it. You know what I mean? Like the spirit of God is in you, like this Holy Spirit power to like bring life into dead places, to bring light into darkness. So Instead of just like trying to sink back into your own body as, you know, just no one look at me or like, I'm just going to sing these songs with dead face and closed eyes. It's like, man, lead with authority. Let what your heart is feeling towards God be shown on your face. Like if you're singing about the joy of God, like, man, have joy. If you're singing about God, come and move. Like, man, like let your countenance, let everything about you, like be in that prayer as well, you know, and invite people in. And if people aren't in on with you, then you can, you have the authority to say, Hey guys, this is a prayer our church needs to pray. You know, we need his presence here. We need his life-changing power. Like, can we all just like stand up together, lift our hands? If you don't know what that means, lifting your hands is like a sign of praise and surrender and talks about in the scriptures and we're going to start doing it here. You know, it's like, right. It's like, man, own it. Um, Don't be afraid to own it, but own it in humility and with a heart to serve, not a heart to impress or to get your own agenda across. And so those would be my two things. Oh, man. Those are are awesome. That's excellent. Phil, thank you just for pouring into worship leaders and for your heart for, for artists and songwriting and the songs that you're writing for churches that I know tons of Loop Community members are using. And every single week, I know we sing Living Hope at our church all the time. Awesome. That's amazing, man. And, Thanks uh, for sharing that. I even use the Phil Wickham vocal cues when I when I lead that song. <laughs> so you kind of guide me through the song as well. <laughs> oh, well, I'm, ha- I'm happy to be there remember in when spirit we were, with you. Remember when we recorded those at the Disney Resort? At the hotel. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Man, it's, it's got good, that bro. Disney magic it. does. On it. Man, just thank <laughs> you so much for your heart, bro, and just for having this conversation. And I hope you have a Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Thanks for having me on. Um, and uh, thanks for what you guys do at Loop Community. There's, I know there's thousands of leaders all over the world that draw from your resources. So thank you so much for what you guys are doing. Thanks for joining us on the Loop Community Podcast. Music from this episode is brought to you by John Guerra from his album, Little Songs. Make sure you check it out on Apple Music or Spotify. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, Leave a review and a rating. It means a lot. We'll see you soon.